Hello and welcome back to Painting the Corners. And today we are going to be giving you a nice preview on the World Baseball Classic coming up for the first time in the last six years since the 2021 tournament was postponed due to COVID. This is going to be the fifth World Baseball Classic, debuted in 2005. And um, yeah, we're super excited to get some more baseball action. We got spring training, of course, and then now the WBC opening day soon. It's a great time for baseball. So we've got a lot of stacked teams. We'll get into the U.S. with Trout, Captain America, the DR, plenty of stars there. Japan, obviously, with Shohei. We will get into all of that right now. So stay tuned to hear about the WBC. an exciting event we have on our hands here Johnny this is something that we've been waiting for since 2017 and we talked a little bit about this off pod but man we are at the point in our lives where this is the first world baseball classic where we have a deep understanding of not just the game and the players involved but really what's going on here because I remember personally watching it last time and you know I understood kind of how it worked you know you watch the world cup and, and olympics and such but yeah, this is this is really, really exciting, I think, for a lot of people in our generation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I was actually lucky enough to go to one of the games in 2017. I believe it was U.S. versus Puerto Rico. It was an awesome game. I remember Brandon Crawford hit a triple and he should have been out at third base, but they called him safe. It was going crazy. So, yeah, I, I've, I definitely have some fond memories of this event. Also, I'm not sure if I went to this game, but it was a game in... Maybe the inaugural one in 05 at Petco Park in San Diego. I know my dad went there because he caught a foul ball and we still have the ball. It has a really cool gold logo with the WBC emblazoned on there. Um, So definitely a a sick event. Happy that it's coming back after a brief hiatus there. Exactly, Johnny. And we're hoping for more special stories this year. Um, obviously, there's a lot of rooting interest involved, not just for Team USA for me because of the fact that I am from USA and born and raised, but there's a lot of Padres on a lot of other teams as well. So I think that's what makes this fun. It's it's a lot of country pride, but there's also players on some of your favorite teams that will be playing elsewhere that you'll have some rooting interest behind as well. And also, of course... You've got batter pitcher matchups that you will never see before or or again probably. You got Trout versus Otani, plenty of other teammate matchups, lots of Padres as you mentioned on the DR squad, but yeah, there's going to be some awesome awesome pitching matchups and also the Japanese squad, we'll get into it a bit later, but they've got a few pitchers who could be posted in coming years. Uh, so we'll make it a sneak preview. You might remember in 2017, Japan had Kodai Senga, who's now a pitcher for the New York Mets, so Got a little sneak preview there. Yeah, especially with Roki Sasaki and a couple other guys on that Japanese pitching staff. They will probably be hitting the States in the next few years. So this could be an advanced scouting session there. Very, very true. And a couple hitters follow suit as well. So we got four pulls to break down here, Johnny. We got pull A, pull B, C, and D as the alphabet goes. So we're going to spend some time here breaking down each each pool, kind of what we think about each team, some of the notable players. There's a lot more notable players this year than in years past on each team, which, again, adds to the excitement behind this whole tournament. 
So going based on structure of the World Baseball Classic, you got five teams in each of those four pools that I mentioned. You're basically going to have two teams coming out, a winner and a runner-up. So from pool A and pool B, the winners will play the runner-ups from the other pool, and same goes for C and D. And then we'll find ourselves in the quarterfinals, which obviously leads to semis and then a championship. So that is something that we'll be looking forward to going all the way from early March to late March. So let's dive deep here into Pool A. And the five teams in Pool A, Johnny, follow as such. You have Panama, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Taiwan. Those are your five teams representing Pool A here. You want to start with one of these teams, Johnny. Who are you looking at here as, as one of the, the top guys or top teams, excuse me, in this in this pool? Well, it's gotta be Cuba. They were the runners up in the inaugural tournament. Um, they've disappointed a bit lately, kind of finishing in the middle of the pack. But out of this squad, out of these this pool, they are definitely the squad to watch. Although I will say Kingdom of the Netherlands uh, is another team to keep an eye on. If you're thinking Netherlands, you know, out in Europe, not too much baseball being played out there. But you got to realize that Aruba and Curaçao are two colonies, properties of the Netherlands in the Caribbean, and a ton of baseball is played there. I actually had the awesome, awesome opportunity to visit those islands this offseason, and I met the athletic trainer for Xander Bogarts as he grew up on Aruba, and he is, of course, the most notable name on this Netherlands team, this Dutch team. But there's plenty of other names you're going to recognize. Jerickson Profar from Curaçao, Didi Gregorius as well, Jonathan Scope. Yeah, Andrelson Simmons as well. So lots of recognizable names. They actually did pretty well in the last two tournaments. They came fourth in 2013 and 2017. So there's definitely a little uh, star power there. They've got potential to make some noise. Other than that, uh, Team Italy, not too much there. You've got uh, David Fletcher, Vinny P, our boy from the Royals. Panama, uh, former Padre Christian Bethencourt, not too much there. Jaime Berea, pitcher for the Angels. And Taiwan, I don't believe there are any major leaguers on the Taiwanese team. Um, but yeah, going back to Cuba, definitely a team to keep an eye on. you got a couple of White Sox regulars locking down the lineup in Yohan Moncada and Luis Robert. Um, also, Ioannis Cespedes, no longer in Major League Baseball, but he is going to take up the flag for his native Cuba. Not too much on the pitching side, but definitely a team to keep an eye on there, Cuba. Yeah, I think Cuba's the easy pick, like you mentioned. Though, like you said, you were talking about Netherlands. They finished ahead of Cuba in the last two WBCs. Obviously, it changes every four years with players who, who come and play, but Netherlands has a wide span of land and and like you mentioned, that they can pull from. Another thing about Italy, though, and I agree with you, they're kind of on that lower echelon, but they have the most players on their team in this pool that played in 2022 in the major league level. They have eight that beats Netherlands and Cuba. So you're looking at a team here where you're not going to have maybe the same star level as some of the Cuban players, and Netherlands obviously has some of that as well. But there is experience here in Team Italy, which can go a long way when you're just playing the team one time in a pool play. Um, you also mentioned uh, Taiwan and Panama, and not to write them off completely, but Panama doesn't really have much going for them. They have some exciting relief pitchers, but other than that, not much going. They actually do have one player in Taiwan, though, that did play in 2022. The one player being Yu Chang, played with four different major league teams last year, been with the Guardians a couple years before that, now finds himself in the Red Sox organization. 
So, hey, they do have a little bit of experience here. I think for me, coming out of this pool, you just really got to like the Netherlands. I mean, they have better pitching, and it's not by a whole heck of a lot, but I do like the Netherlands coming out of pool A as the winner, and then I think you have Cuba coming in second. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid pick. I like the Netherlands lineup more than I like Cuba's. Yeah, me me too. And and I would say Italy, do not write them off by any means. Matt Harvey, their ace. That's right. A dark knight. <laughs> aiming for a return tour. That's right. This might be the last time we get to see a guy like that pitch. Uh, or see a guy like that. See him pitch ever again at the competitive level. So if you're a old New York Mets fan, maybe savor this moment. So now we got pool B. And this is an exciting pool for... One main reason, and that is Shohei Otani resides in Pool B because the five teams in Pool B are Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. Johnny, what are you looking for here in Pool B? Boy, this is going to be an interesting one. I think right off the bat, though, I've got a very solid idea of who's going to move out of this pool. It's got to be Japan and Korea, both teams that have uh, had podium finishes in the Classic before. The Czech Republic is a first-time qualifier. China has never finished higher than 11th, and Australia has never finished higher than 9th. So I think this is going to be a a fairly easy 1-2, Japan and Korea, but that doesn't mean that we can't get into those other teams as well. Starting with Japan, though, they are right up there with the favorites in this tournament, and it's mostly on the strength of this pitching staff. You got Shohei, of course, Yu Darvish, the Padres ace, Roki Sasaki, who I mentioned before, He threw a perfect game last year and then came out the next start and went eight perfect innings and got pulled because of a pitch count. So that's super insane. 17 consecutive perfect innings. Um, And their four starter, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, is great as well. Got similar upside to the rest of those guys. Played in the NPB for the past several years. So Japan, of course, won the first two tournaments. And they have finished third in the last two tournaments. So they have never gone without a podium finish. They are definitely a powerhouse here. Of course, the NPB is a great professional league over there in Japan. So that's where they're drawing most of their talent from. But there are some other major league players other than Otani and Darvish. Uh, You got Lars Nootbaar of the Cardinals locking down one of those outfield positions. New Red Sox, Masataka Yoshida. And not to mention... The uh, next guy in the lineup, Munitaka Murakami, set the Japanese home run record uh, with, I think, 53 home runs this year in the NPB. So definitely a stacked, stacked Japanese team here. Very stacked. And it's funny because I I use Roto-Wire just to kind of look at some of the, the odds and stuff like that in, in, a, in one place. They kind of put it all together. And it's funny, they have a category here in Pool B when they're comparing all the teams. And the category is just titled Shohei Otani. And Japan has a yes, and obviously the other four teams have a no. And that is just a huge <laughs> separator for Japan, just having that guy. They also, like you mentioned, they have just so much talent when it comes to major league players. They're not top-heavy. They're balanced all the way through, but they have some elite, elite major league players at the top of this team. And, you know, Lars Nupar, another guy, really cool story there. There's just a lot to like about Japan, and like you mentioned with South Korea, so it's the same thing. I mean, they're not as good, they're not as top-heavy, but they have players that are going to, I think, pretty clearly make them the second team in this coming out of Pool B. And you'd love to see some some upset story here with Australia, China, or the Czech Republic, but all three of these teams, especially China and Czech, 
kind of check in at the lower echelon of the teams in the entire bracket. Funny enough, we've been talking about Matt Harvey. Uh, some of you guys might remember the name Eric Sogard. He is going to be on the Czech Republic this year. Played for the Brewers a while back. Haven't heard his name in a couple years, so that's going to be fun to see him again. But yeah, not a lot going for those three teams over in Pool B. And so when it comes down to Korea, though, because it's going to be interesting to see how they do once they advance, assuming they do advance, because they have a pretty good one-two punch when it comes to guys you know. Uh, Tommy Edmond, Ha-Sung Kim, probably going to be at the top of that lineup. On the pitching side, when it comes to Team Korea, you had Kwe Young Kim pitch for the Cardinals not too long ago. He's going to be their ace and the top of the rotation guy there. So they have experience. It's just, again, these aren't names that you're listing like you are for Team Japan. And that's, again, another big separator here between these two teams. Japan, obviously, is going to come in as one of the top few favorites of the entire tournament. But Korea's been there before. 2006, in the first one, they finished at the podium in third. And in 2009, they were in second. So it's gone downhill since then. But they have experience in, in having success here in this tournament. And, you know, you never know. But... Again, I'm kind of trying to find ways to, to put them further than they probably will end up getting. Well, one more thing for Korea. I think you definitely see a bit of an advantage for countries that have their own professional league in Korea with the, the KBO, Japan with the NPB. And we'll see it again a little bit later with Venezuela as their own professional league, Mexico as well. Just in terms of the depth, like, you know, there's plenty of guys on all these teams that we've never heard of for teams like the Czech Republic who don't have a professional league to draw from, that depth is really going to be lacking, I think. Yeah, that is a very good point. And something that definitely gets overlooked when it comes to this tournament because everyone's so enamored by, oh, who has who, you know, who has Trout and who has Shohei. But to your, to your point there, that is definitely advantage to those type of teams. So I think it's time we switch on over to the other side of the bracket here. And that leads us off with Pool C. Pool C is going to be the United States, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. Obviously, USA heads this pool, but Johnny, what else are we looking for besides just the star star power that USA holds in their lineup? Well, you're looking at a few things. Right off the bat, Great Britain is a first-time qualifier, just like Czech Republic. They've never been in the WBC before. They've got a couple names you would recognize. Trace Thompson probably being the most notable one um, of the Dodgers, of course. Lucius Fox was a top prospect a few years ago, kind of fell off, but they're not really expected to make too much noise. You're looking at Canada, who's obviously got Freddie Freeman, huge uh, name there, huge addition. Tyler O'Neill, also a very solid player. Abraham Toro. They've got some guys in the lineup. Cal Quantrill, former Padre, will be... Their number one starter, but yeah, not really too much depth there. They finished 15th last year, or excuse me, in 2017, last tournament, and 12th the time before that. Columbia is a second-time qualifier. They played in the 2017 tournament, but none before that. They also have a few names. Uh, Gio Rochella, Jorge Alfaro, and Nabil Krismat, Padres pitcher, uh, will be their number one starter. Same thing there, not too much depth. Mexico and Team USA are probably the favorites to move out of this pool. Mexico has a pretty solid rotation with Julio Urias, Patrick Sandoval, Taiwan Walker, and Jose Urquidy. And the lineup is nothing to shake a stick at either. You got Randy Arozarena, Alex Verdugo, Joey Manessis, Rowdy Telez, Luis Arias. Plenty of names there 
Austin Barnes, catcher for the Dodgers. He'll be catching his teammate, Julio Urias. So Mexico definitely looking good here. They did only come in 13th in 2017, didn't make it out of the pool stage. So that'll be an interesting storyline to follow, see if they can put up a better performance than they did last time. And then, of course, Team USA. My gosh, the lineup. Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Kyle Tucker, Pete Alonzo, JT Realmuto, and Jeff McNeil. I'm pretty sure every single one of those guys has been an all-star at least once. And that's what, I don't even know, eight MVPs, <laughs> seven MVPs through there. Betts has got one, Trout's got three, Goldschmidt. Last year. Gosh, yeah, that's at least five MVPs there. The pitching, though. The pitching for the U.S. is a little thin. You've got Wainwright, Brady Singer, Miles Michaelis, Merrill Kelly, and Nick Martinez as the rotation. As for relievers, David Bednar, Kendall Graveman, Ryan Presley, Adam Adovino. It's pretty solid. Devin Williams, that's pretty big. But that starting depth does concern me a little bit. There's not really uh, an ace there. Adam Wainwright is no longer 2012 Adam Wainwright. But, of course, this team has huge experience. Well, they are the defending champions. They won it all in 2017, of course, with a very different-looking lineup. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, before that, they had not even made the championship round. Uh, They came in eighth in the inaugural tournament, fourth in 2009, and sixth in 2013, before taking home the gold in 2017. Yeah, definitely... A favorite to move out of this pool, if not go all the way. Yeah, and I think they have to be the favorite coming out of this pool, even given the lack of starting pitching depth. But I think it's pretty fair to say that Mexico has the advantage when it comes to the starting rotation. The bullpen, I don't know. But rotation-wise, I think it's pretty safe to say that Mexico has the strongest rotation of this pool. And luckily for the U.S., two teams make it out of this. So if Mexico does have a dominating performance on the mound, they're okay. But at the same time, no matter how good of a pitcher you are, you're facing the greatest lineup ever assembled, in my opinion. I don't think we've seen all-star lineups that are this good. This is, like you said, a lineup that is almost at 10 MVPs total. It's ridiculous how good this lineup is, and it's going to be tough for any pitcher to go two, three times through it, especially with pitch counts. But you know what I mean. This USA team is absolutely stacked. I think also Canada is a team that is going to be fun to watch for me because there's a lot of fun names up north. You you talked about Freddie Freeman. I also got Tyler O'Neill up there. Cal Quantrill is an underrated pitcher in the sport. He's going to be pitching to Bo Naylor, most likely behind the plate, who's his teammate up in, in with the Guardians. You got Abraham Toro in that lineup as well. So there's guys on this team that you've heard of. And the bullpen has some pretty strong arms, too. Guys who have been there, done that before. Uh, Matt Brash. You're also looking at (laughs) John Axford, a guy who, in 2018, pitched five times. Didn't see him in the pros again until 2021. And we haven't heard from him since. So that's a name you may have known from a while back. (laughs) He was in the the Vicks for a while. He got some Cy Young votes. Yeah, not a terrible... At least name value. Yeah, yeah. If we're, you know, if this is the 2009 tournament, I think they'd have a great rotation. Yeah, Canada, another team. I think they'll at least be fun to watch and they'll make the games competitive against a loaded team like the U.S. I also think Colombia has an exciting team to watch. You know, you've got SpongeBob out in left field, Oscar Mercado. (laughs) Harold Ramirez, probably maybe the best player on the team, at least offensively. Going to be in right field, Gio Urshela, Jorge Alfaro. You know, like you were saying earlier about Colombia. 
they have guys you've heard of. So that is something to to keep in mind there. But I think it's fair to say that the USA and Mexico will be coming out of this one. doesn't seem like there should be too much commotion going on unless Canada can sneak out a, a win or two against those two teams. So our final pool, Pool D. This is a pool that is loaded with a lot of talent, and I think a lot of people think the winner is going to be coming out of this pool. Let me read you the five teams coming out of Pool D, and that would be Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. There's definitely a big gap between some of these teams at the top end and the bottom end of this pool, Johnny. But what are you thinking might happen here? Because there are some pretty solid powerhouses in this pool. Well, all roads lead through the Dominican Republic in this tournament. You were saying that the uh, U.S. lineup was probably the best ever constructed. The Dominicans just lost Vladdy Guerrero Jr. to an injury, and uh, they still have an insane lineup. You've got AL Rookie of the Year, Julio Rodriguez, former NL MVP Juan Soto, uh, reigning NL MVP runner-up Manny Machado, Rafael Devers, Teoscar Hernandez, Wander Franco, AL World Series MVP and Rookie of the Year Jeremy Pena, and then Jamar Candelario and Gary Sanchez rounding it out. I mean, outside of the last two, that matches up pretty decently against the U.S. And if you added Vladdy in there, uh, it's a shame he can't make it, but that would have made it really, really competitive there. However, where the lineup might be a little lacking compared to the U.S., the pitching staff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sandy Alcantara is the ace. Christian Javier, who, of course, started that combined no-hitter in the World Series. And then you got Johnny Cueto and Roenzi Contreras. To close out the rotation, bullpen, though, is even more dominant. Camilo Doval of the Giants, Luis Garcia, Rafael Montero, who just got that big contract from the Astros, Brian Abreu, another guy who pitched in that uh, World Series no-hitter, Diego Castillo, Genesis Cabrera, just name upon name in that bullpen, all flamethrowers. Yeah, it's a daunting team to play against just because of the completion from offense to pitching it's pretty incredible and and like you said if you're going to compare the u.s to the dr which i think is a fair thing to do you're going to give the edge offensively to the united states but as a team overall i think you have to give it to the dr because of what you just mentioned in that rotation nobody wants to face that group of guys there and when you're running out sandy and christian javier alone just having those two in any rotation for a wbc is rare to have that much talent so to add on cueto and a couple other guys behind that with the bullpen depth they have it's going to be a scary team that plays with a lot of passion but i will say in this group there are some teams who have had success recently puerto rico venezuela not so much success lately but they're pretty good and believe it or not, Johnny, Israel finished sixth in the last WBC. So they're not, they weren't too, too far off from sniffing some semifinal action. Any of those teams you think have a chance to, you know, maybe pass the DR in this pool stage? Or is it, is it going to go through Dominican? Passing the DR is, is a tough ask. But yeah, Puerto Rico, runner-ups in both of the last two tournaments, 13 and 17. They've got some big names too. Kike Hernandez, Francisco Lindor, and Javi Baez up the middle. MJ Melendez of the Royals, Eddie Rosario of the Braves. On the pitching side, Jose Barrios. Trader Marcus Stroman, who pitched for the U.S. in 2017, has coat to the Puerto Rican squad. And they've also got Edwin Diaz as the closer. So that's a, a huge boost at the back end of games, of course, if he can 
provide anything like he did in this past season. But yeah, I mean, they've got a solid team. I'm not sure they've got another second place finish in them, but they're definitely going to make some noise. I, I would be a little surprised if they didn't make it out of this group stage, but I think Venezuela is going to put up a little bit stiffer, con- excuse me, stiffer competition than some people might think. They came in third in 2019, haven't done too well other than that, but they do have Acuna Jr. leading off, Luisa Rice, Jose Altuve, Gino, Eugenio Suarez, uh, Salvador Perez, Anthony Santander, Gleyber Torres, David Peralta, Andre Jimenez. It's a pretty good lineup right there. Those are all major leaguers, and they're all pretty productive guys. Pitching's a little lacking. Martin Perez had a great year last year. Pablo Lopez just traded to the Twins. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers, Jesus Lusardo. There's a lot of upside there. Not too much consistency, but you could certainly imagine any one of the, any one of those guys uh, shutting down a lineup for a few innings in a tournament game. They also got Ranger Suarez, who pitched for the Phillies in the World Series. He was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Jose Alvarado, another guy for the Phils. His home run to Jordan Alvarez, notwithstanding, he pitched very well. I think Venezuela is a dark horse here to upset Puerto Rico as the second team getting out of this Pool D and moving on to the quarterfinals. And quite honestly, I don't think it's too much of an upset in any way because the odds have them doing so. They're, they have better odds than Puerto Rico does. So that'll be interesting for sure to see how that plays out. I personally am super, super high on Venezuela. I think you mentioned that pitching depth, especially in the rotation. They have four, if not five, legit MLB starters. So if, like you were talking about, one of those guys clicks, two of those guys clicks, and it's pitching to the potential that they can, that's scary. We know what Pablo Lopez can do. He did it in the first half last year. We've seen what Martin Perez can do. You know, there's guys, Eduardo Rodriguez, he's done it a couple years ago. So I don't know, man. This lineup, it's good. It's really good, actually. When Andres Jimenez is your projected nine hitter, yeah, this is a a team that should finish much better than they did in the last World Baseball Classic. And I'd say if they don't, it'd be a little bit of a disappointment for sure. But obviously, you've got to play the games first. I kind of feel bad for Team Israel. I don't know. Do you as well? Because they're in a tough pool. And this isn't a horrible team by any means. No, it's not. I mean, you got Jock Peterson... Uh, Garrett Stubbs is another major leaguer. Matt Mervis, Mash and Matt for the Cubs. He's a prospect. Ryan LaVarnway, oh my gosh, there's a blast from the past. A former Red Sox catcher. Alex Dickerson, former Padre. Robert Stock. Robert Stock, another former Padre. Dean Kramer, he pitched for the Orioles last year. Yeah, I mean, in a weaker pool, they, they could make some noise, but yeah, I don't really see it here. They did come in sixth, as you said, in 2017. That was their first tournament. They didn't qualify in any of the previous three. Yeah, definitely going to be a fun team to watch. I just don't see them making it out of the group stage. No, unfortunately not. It's going to be, I think it would be very good for the country if they come out in third place in this pool. But to say that they could come out in the top one or two, that would be monumental for the country of Israel. And and obviously Nicaragua, not going to spend too much time there. Probably the worst team in the entire in the entire World Baseball Classic, if not the second to worst, they're highlighted by Jonathan Loisica, New York Yankees reliever. But other than that, they don't got too much more 
to go on, and you just hope that they don't get embarrassed. What you Dude, heard. what about Chesler Cuthbert? You know, I'm not super high on him, I gotta be honest. <laughs> and I say that jokingly. Not even sure if I know who that is. Let's see, hang on. Can I name the team that Chesler Cuthbert played on? Was he a giant? I know he no. was in the major leagues, because I've heard his name before. Okay, um, I'm gonna guess he wasn't a giant. Because I feel like I would have heard his name if he was in the division with the Padres. But uh, I don't know. Are you going to look this Maybe... up here? Yeah, I'm going to look him up. A little mid-pod trivia here. Self-imposed by Johnny, but you know, that's fine. Oh, I know. It, it was with the Royals and the White Sox. I, I only know him because there was a clip of him catching snow in his mouth. And they were like... <laughs> They said that he was from Nicaragua and he'd never seen snow before and he was at a Royals game and he was catching snow in his mouth. Oh my goodness, that's funny. That's a funny connection there. Has not pitched in the majors since 2020 or has not played in the majors since 2020. Well, yeah, you never know. You never know. But yeah, so not not going to spend too much time there. So I guess who are the two teams you think are going to come out of this pool? Because I think there's a... This is the toughest pool to predict both teams that are going to come out. So I'm definitely going to take the DR, of course. That's a easy pick. And then the other two choices, as we've mentioned, probably between Venezuela and Puerto Rico. And I'm leaning towards Venezuela. I know Puerto Rico has those two back-to-back runner-up finishes, but this team is considerably weaker than those teams. And I really like the Venezuelan lineup. So I am going to go with Venezuela. You're not going to find any argument here for me, Johnny. I agree with you. I really like Venezuela. And I think that you know, if they weren't in a situation where they're running into the corner finals against most likely Team USA, if they win their pool and they come in second, meaning Venezuela coming in second in their pool and they have to play each other, I think Venezuela could have had a chance against some of the top teams in Pool A or even Pool B. But yeah, Venezuela, I think, is an underrated team coming into this tournament. So now that we've broken down Pools A through D here, we need to see who we think are going to end up in the championship round, the two teams, and then obviously got to predict our winners. So, Johnny, let's start off with you. Who are the two teams in the championship game for the WBC in 2023? Well, this is going to be a really tough one because at the top half of the bracket, you got to be thinking Japan. The Netherlands could, have put up, could put up a fight. Korea can put up a fight. Maybe Cuba. Outside of that, the top half of the bracket is looking like Japan's to lose. But in the bottom half, you've got U.S. and the Dominican Republic, arguably the top two teams. Japan could be number two. But yeah, oof, that's a tough one. I really think the U.S. is going to get bitten by its lack of ace caliber starting pitching. So I'm going to go Japan versus Dominican Republic in the championship game. And I've got the Dominicans taking this one home. Okay, so if Johnny's reality becomes a reality, then that would be Dominican's second WBC title, second of the last three WBCs that we've played. For me, I have to agree. I don't see another team other than Japan coming out of that left side of the bracket here. They're just too good. They're too deep, like you were talking about earlier. I don't see too many teams putting up an insane fight, but... In one game, you never know. Anything can really happen there. But I'm going to go with Japan from the left side. Uh, In the right side, I'm going to have a little bit of a bold prediction here. Uh, Not necessarily who's going to play, but just to kind of tweak it back a little bit to the the quarterfinals here. I'm going to predict the USA doesn't even make it to the semis. 
I think their matchup against Venezuela wow. is going to go the Venezuelans' way in a game one situation here. So I'm going to have Venezuela playing the DR in the semis of that side of the bracket. And I'm going to have the DR coming out. I know it's not the sexy, sexy, uh, fun prediction there, but I thought I'd throw in that. I think that the Venezuelan team is going to have one of their best finishes a couple attempts here. So with that being said, Dominican versus Japan. I'm going to go with Japan. I'm going to go opposite you. Reason being here, if they can line up Shohei to pitch that game where he's in the championship game against DR, that gives them a real legit shot. And they're going to have an easier route to the finals. And I think that is something that we often overlook in sports in general is sometimes Mm -hmm. the championship game, the Super Bowl, the World Series, whatever it is, a lot of times it has to do with the route you took. And teams that had easier routes sometimes can have an easier time because they didn't have to play all their energy and all their physical stamina into the previous couple games. So I'm going to go Japan here. I think they're going to come out on top, and that'll be obviously an interesting interesting dynamic if if Shohei isn't able to pitch. But I'm going to predict they're going to find a way to make sure that happens. And yeah, Japan coming out on top for me. So Johnny and I will have a little bit of different predictions. And wouldn't that be just so awesome for the game of baseball, growing it overseas, having probably the game's brightest star in Shohei Otani pitching for Japan against that stacked Dominican lineup? Man, that just makes me shiver just thinking about it. No, it really, really does. And I would die to see Shohei Otani pitching against those guys back to back to back to back. So So that's going to wrap up our prediction part of this episode. And we have a little bit more to touch on here. And Johnny, where can everyone watch this game? Who got the who paid the most money to get the, the TV rights for this? Well, the TV rights are with Fox. So every single game in the tournament will be televised, which is awesome. And every game will be on FS2, FS1, or the mainstream Fox station. So that's great news for baseball fans, especially those willing to get up at all hours of the morning to watch the Asian teams play in Taiwan. In Japan. But yeah, so all the games are going to be on Fox, one of their stations. As we're recording this, the first game of the tournament, Cuba at the Netherlands, is going to happen tonight. We're super excited. Probably not going to get this one up in time for that, but plenty of games in all four pools. The March 7th today through pool play ends on the 15th. Then got the quarterfinals, March 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th. Semis in Florida, the 19th and 20th, and the championship game on March 21st in Miami. And do you know what comes a week after that, Johnny? The regular season. Opening day. So there's a lot, a lot going on in the baseball world this month. When you look at spring training games, WBC, and there are going to be regular season games happening live in front of our eyes. So it doesn't really get much better than that of a month of baseball and i can tell you baseball fans around the world we got ourselves a treat this month absolutely i can't wait so with all of that said this is going to wrap up our wbc episode first time getting to do a wbc wbc episode albeit our first year of recording but you know it's fun to to get to talk about this and i know johnny and i are super super excited and i'm sure you guys are too if you're tuning into this we would like to obviously thank you very much for tuning in don't forget we still got more coverage as the regular season approaches predictions all-star game predictions 
we have a lot of fun, fun content coming at you. So stay tuned. Keep checking our, our Instagram and Twitter because we'll be posting there when all those episodes drop. All right. See you guys.